What's up and welcome to episode 40, a little Henrik Zetterberg number, of What Lies Beneath, a podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, those new to hockey and hockey fans looking to have some fun. We are in the depths of summertime, What Lies Beneath podcasting, but we got some cool stuff. The Kraken got some really good news from some hockey writers this past week, also another team of mine, and we might have a special guest. We're not sure. We might have a special guest, somebody who's been on the pod already. Join us for this pod. We will see what happens. Uh, some retro Kraken sweater options. We're supposed to see a retro Seattle Kraken jersey this year. We'll see what they are, what will happen. We have some speculations. Also, if you've watched Netflix or been on social media in the past week, everyone's talking about Woodstock 99. I was there. We'll recap that. I'm a little pissed off, so we'll talk. And in no dumb questions, what happened to Seattle's original hockey team, the Seattle Metropolitans? If you don't remember, we'll remind you. So let's get to it. Episode 40 of What Lies Beneath. Let's go. Up. My name is Jeff Janusic, and this is my friend and co-host, Joey Cirillo. So, dude, last week, you know, we went hard into the depths at the very beginning of the episode. Very beginning. Very early. We were eating. I was eating. Uh, I did not share any with you, and I feel bad about that. But uh, Mushrooms? Uh, yeah, no, not mushrooms. No. <laughs> I would share that if I had that. I appreciate um, no, it was uh, the grocery store, the corner store fried chicken, which was phenomenal. And then yeah. we got we kind of got some heat on Twitter at Kraken Pod on Twitter uh, for being so weird right off the bat. I, I you think that the vibe was positive. I kind of thought that people were like, what the hell's going on? But also, too, like there's nothing to talk about right now. Yeah, there's nothing. I think I think my overall vibes are I don't give a fuck because it's one of those things where it's like we are in the dead of summer. Right. Um, we still have, you know. Kraken's uh Kraken reaction things to go over. There's still stuff happening in the NHL. But yeah, like we're in the dog days and we're, you know, us being a new podcast, we're still in the process of figuring things out. So, you know, if you want to eat some gas station fried chicken on the podcast, we can do whatever the hell we want. There are no rules here. I mean, it's so rough. I was watching, I tweeted about this. I was watching professional pickleball and <laughs> I did see that. Pickleball has taken over, by the way. It's like I everywhere. played it, I played it in a high school in, in Washington State, uh Northwestern High School, go Rams. Uh, pickleball, I had a class that was called racket sports and pickleball was one of the sports that we played. So we picked it up early. It's a lot of fun, man. Dude, it looks cool, but I didn't know it existed until like three years ago. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's starting to, uh, to blow up, but Washington state was ahead of it early. So shout out to Washington. Yeah. So, so I was at Woodstock 99 and you were playing pickleball back in the day. So like we are, we are <sighs> I OGs. I was winning. I thought I was winning and you are winning. Do you want to get into this now? Is that, is that your way of doing the segue or do you want to wait? No, I think we should wait. Cause I, okay. I do okay, want to okay, see, okay. I'm watching our stats closely. Like last year, last week we had four listeners and then I'm going to see if we go into hockey first. Maybe we'll have okay. and keep like six listeners for this episode. Okay. Yeah. So we can do you, that. By the way, if you're one of the four or five <laughs> or six, please tweet and let us know at this point right now, if you're listening, wherever you are, whatever day it is, because we're recording here on uh, Tuesday, uh, August 9th, uh, tweet at Kraken Pod. So uh, let's jump right into it. Here is your Kraken reaction. So... 
I don't know if we're going to have this happen, but uh, my buddy Cress has been alerted. He's been on the pod before. Mm-hmm. He is he is pure fire, straight from Michigan, diehard hockey and Red Wings fan. I grew up with him. That's where I learned to love the Red Wings was with my buddy Mike Cress. And um, we kind of have some cool news about the Kraken because they're getting a lot of love. But what was neat is Joey tweeted this cool find out earlier this week or, or, or last week. And what's awesome is there is some hockey love, big time potential for my two favorite teams, the Seattle Kraken and the Detroit Red Wings. So like what's going on with this? They're, they're supposed to be the most improved teams in the league, according to some sources. Like what's going on? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And now I feel bad because I I believe it's an article from the athletic. It is, it is. And so what they did was they ranked every team in the NHL in turn, you know, first to last Ricky Bobby. And what they did was they ranked them and, uh, and it was most, the most improved teams. And, you know, we obviously play a little bit of spoiler here, but your original Detroit Red Wings were number one and right behind them at number two was our Seattle Kraken. And so I felt like we had to talk about this, like, how did this happen? How fucking excited is Jeff Januzek to see something like this? I was like, oh, I'm like, did Jeff write this? Is, is he working for The Athletic? Because everything I've seen come out has been so positive about the Red Wings and so positive about the Seattle Kraken. I was like, Jeff, Jeff has to be like beside himself. So I felt like it was appropriate for us to talk about this because, you know, the Kraken, uh, you know, going from, from last to first, hopefully, uh, you know, is, is great news for the, for the team, for the fan base and the organization. And I'm like, let's take a look at why. And also, I mostly just wanted to get your thoughts and see if we can also get Cress on the phone. It's more like an excuse to talk to Cress, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah. He's, he really should be on the show more often. So we'll see if he pops in. He's, I think, in the middle of his work day. So we'll, we'll see what's up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. No, I, I mean, I'm so, I, I am. I'm so excited for this hockey season to, to start because of the Seattle crack. And really, first and foremost, like I've said, I mean, I've really fallen in love with this team. Uh, but also, too, like, it's awesome to see that, like, we have parallels between the Kraken, you know, my new favorite team, and the Red Wings, my OG team that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I just, lo- I loved, I really have always loved that underdog mentality. I love rooting for the underdog, and I'm proud that my team is the underdog. And, you know, even even when, like, the Red Wings were, like, you know, crushing it and in the middle of dynasties, I always felt a little weird. Like I wasn't like that over the top Red Wings fan. Like, yeah, we're the greatest, we're the best because like, I don't want to rub it in. You know what I mean? Like it just, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of just like, you know, don't tell them, show them. And that's, that's what was going on. And I'm excited to see the improvements here. And I really want everybody in the league to go like, Oh yeah, look at that. Those teams are a lot better. And maybe we're talking about some playoff teams. Now that, that could be a stretch, but I don't know. Just again, I, and, and I'm a positive person. I'm always looking for positivity. I really feel like Ron Francis and Steve Eiserman, they're both from the same almost exact class of, of hockey uh, years. And I kind of feel like they're uh, same leadership styles in a lot of ways, um, quiet, understated, just super smart moves. And I just love the GMs for my teams. And I really feel like the sky's the limit and we can really go far now there's a obviously there's a bunch of other you know about the kraken but the mm-hmm. red wings have made some amazing moves this offseason they've got some really solid players they got some good you know a couple of veterans they got a bunch of young guys obviously with the draft um they, they got a chip on their shoulder which is pretty cool so i'm pretty pumped about that i think detroit like if you're across the board you know you've got seattle right which um they'll get that basketball team in the next three to four years so the sonics will come back that will happen god dust um, off my detlef shrimp for that one hell yeah detlef shrimp dude totally and sean kemp and gary payton 
I'm trying Love to think of who else we got in there, but uh, I, I actually Jim Baker. I, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I had a Sonics hat back in the day. I actually did. I had a Super Sonics hat. You remember the Ray Allen Sonics days? Those weren't that bad. Yeah, no, no. The Sonics were a solid team. They're fun to watch. I always liked uh, picking the Sonics with. Um, uh, uh, shoot, I just totally blanked on um, Sean Sean Kemp. I used to, you know, love picking that on video games because the dude just could fly, which is awesome. No, but- just posterizing everybody, man. Like Sean Kemp's fucking nuts were on everyone's forehead when he was like peak Sonic. Oh. I mean, it was just amazing. He he really revolutionized things. So so Seattle, I think's got some bubbling going on. I hope I really hope the Seahawks do well. Um, but speaking of football, is the Lions are the focus of Hard Knocks on HBO? Yes. So the Detroit Lions, so I feel like there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, lot of stuff riding on some good stuff, you know, good, good teams coming out of Detroit. The Pistons could be pretty decent too. So like, you know, if you're looking for a team to a city to invest in, you're already into Seattle, right? You're already, you're already invested in Seattle sports. Maybe think Detroit, you know, so. Like why not throw Detroit some love? Has Detroit ever done anything bad to you? Right. Like Detroit could use some. Possibly. Yeah. They could use some loving. Possibly. That's fair. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, um, I think this news is fantastic. I'm so pumped. Um, I obviously feel that way and we'll see what happens in the, in the regular season, but you know, look, I'm, I've got, I cannot wait for it to cool off here in Louisiana because my son is ready to wear his Kraken Jersey. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to wear my Kraken Jersey. I've got Red Wings jerseys to wear. We are ready for some hockey here. You just mentioned cooling off, and now I'm just thinking about weather because I'm I've turned into an old man. We were just talking about before we started recording how you and how you were like, oh, I'm a dad. I do like the talk to text thing, and I've recently started doing it within the past couple of months. And now I will never not do talk to text. It just it's so convenient. So if I ever am messaging somebody and everything is misspelled, you know why. Um, I am never ever 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 again going to talk shit on my wonderful home state where I was born and raised of Washington state for uh, for the rain. One, it is overdone. All like the TV shows and the movies, right? How they're showing how it's always, you know, raining in in Seattle and whatnot. It's totally overblown, but I can unequivocally say i'm using big words now so you know it's getting serious That's if I, a hat, I turn it backwards rally cap by the way talk um, to text talk to text would screw that word up big time oh oh 100 oh, percent. it would say something like yeah bro on a qualic on qualicom yeah. stadium <laughs> aquatic yeah. um but also jeff it is legitimately rained here almost three weeks straight every day and not just like a little bit of rain you're talking like here comes a flash flood. You get the warning on your phone. And by that point, it's already too late. Like you're already caught in it. And then New Orleans itself starts to actually flood. And then an hour or two later, it's fine. It's been like that every single day for nearly three weeks. I have not experienced more rain ever in my life until moving down here. So I'm never talking shit on Washington's weather ever again. So let me let me ask you, somebody who's never been to uh, the state of Washington before, fill me in. Let me know. Because yes, it has rained, you know, you live on the South shore in new Orleans. I live on the North shore, like 30 miles away across mm-hmm. the lake. And it's the same thing. It's a little different, you know, it rains at different times, but we've gotten afternoon thunderstorms every day. Like it's hard to, mo- actually my wife, while I'm recording a podcast, she's actually doing <laughs> yard work uh, to fit it in. So uh, I need to go and pull my weight here in a little bit, but yes. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to know what, what's it like in Seattle? Does it, is it like this? Is it more of like a constant drizzly rain or is it like just it just you know it'll be sunny then it rains every day for an hour or two what what's it what's it like it's so again i do think it's overdone like in everything that's filmed in in seattle like hey make sure you have the rain machine ready um it's one of those things where it's 
typically it's not enough to like completely ruin your day. Like you'll look outside and you're just like, oh man, because it'll just be overcast and there'll be some rain. Like you're going to be out and about because you got to do your thing, right? Like you got to go to work. You got to handle your responsibilities. You got to, you know, go to the Mariners game. You have to close the roof tonight. But it, it's it's enough to make it to make it to where like you can bitch about it over a beer. Like that's the amount of rain that you're going to get okay. in Seattle. Don't get me wrong. You're going to get like your occasional. We're a weather podcast now. Thank you for everyone for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, you're going to get like the occasional downpour. But for the most part, it's just like this gloomy, overcast, cold damp wet kind of an atmosphere i mean there's a reason why you know i'm not making light of this uh because i dealt with it when i was living there but like depression's a very big thing like in in the state of washington and in the pacific northwest because you know you have enough gloomy days in a row man you're sitting inside or even if you're out and about doing your thing at some point you're going to need that natural vitamin d Otherwise, your serotonin starts dipping and then you start getting depressed. I mean, there's a real reason for that. Yeah, a couple of things on that is the summertime in Louisiana, you're stuck in the house a lot because it's so hot. You can't really do much outside. So you kind of get that reverse seasonal depression with, uh, you know, it's sunny and hot outside uh, and, and you're stuck inside. Now, also, too, growing up in Michigan, um, several parts of Michigan are some of the like grayest areas of the country throughout the year for like six months. So it's not that it's just like cold and icy and snowy. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's really, it's really gray. So like, it's, it's yes, part of that yes. too. So, you know, you got to watch out for that as well. So it's miserable. I don't even know how we just got, so that, that was weather corner. So thank you again for everybody for tuning in. You know, you I will say, so, you know, again, going quickly back to what we were originally talking about before the ADHD kicked in. Um, what's really cool about the, the top two teams in the NHL being the Red Wings and the Kraken for being most improved is it's not one of those things where they looked at the draft and they looked at free agency and they were just like, oh, we gave them an A-plus grade, so therefore they should be the most improved. Like, there's actual some metrics behind it. So for people like me that like to nerd out, that's really cool. Uh, so something that I think was really interesting as far as the Seattle Kraken were uh, considered is uh, Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand. So there's a, there's a statistic out there called win valuation which I don't know how it's projected because I'm not a fucking hockey nerd. I just <laughs> pretend to be one sometimes. Uh, but so for win valuation, you can actually take a look at a single player and they calculate how many wins they project this particular person to add to the team. Well, Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand both have a 1.8. Like they're, they're nearly identical as far as like the value that they will bring to a team, which is why the Kraken got such a high score because you bring in two guys that have a 1.8 valuation, which is really good. And then some of the quotes I um, from the article itself I thought were were really interesting because it was like it was kind of like a, a backhanded thing. Like the athletic gave the Kraken the number two overall spot again behind the Detroit Red Wings, and they were giving the Kraken compliments for bringing in some of their players. But they're also not like talking shit, but calling the Kraken out for like some of their flaws. So one of the quotes was, "The rest of the players listed don't move the needle all too much." The signing of Martin Jones feels like a major misstep for a team whose biggest problem was goaltending last year. Chris Drigger better recover quickly. <laughs> so that's their way of being like, oh, man, you're really grasping at straws here. You better hope uh, Driggs is ready to go come like late January, early February. I just thought that stuff was kind of interesting. It's like, give us number two, but also, you know, kind of keep it real a little bit, which Whoa. I understand because like I'm in, the, I'm in the mind frame of like, I don't think the goaltending yeah. is going to be good this year. I hope I'm wrong. I want to be proven wrong. You said the best defense is a good offense, so we'll see. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to go with that's a slight against Gru. And, you know, I, I would give him a shot. Like he had, you know, look, he was a good goaltender in Colorado, right? You know, like he had really good moments. He did well. So like, 
he's a good goaltender. You know, don't forget that he's around. Don't forget that you don't have to have uh, 50% of the, you know, a 50, a goalie tandem. You know, there are still starting goalies in this league that take, you know, a lot of the workload and hopefully he can do it. So like, you know, let's give him a shot. And I know you, you, I know you listening and I know you, Joey, you know, you, you, you will, but like, no, absolutely. Yeah, national, yeah. you know, national media, like, whoa, 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 hold, hold up. You know, like we've got a good goaltender. He had a, a rough year last year, but guess what? Everybody in the damn team did. So let's chill out a little bit here. I agree. See what, and see what happens. Let's just see what yeah. happens. That's what we're doing. Like, listen, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm not dick riding guru or anything like that. I mean, it'd be oh, impossible Lord. even if I was trying to, because a man travels so damn much. It's like, I don't know where he's at. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, I am, you know, I am, I try to consider myself a realist. Like, I'm not, I don't think he's going to have, I can, I don't know. It's really hard to say. I can't predict what he's going to do, but I also like, I always play devil's advocate and I look at his time with the avalanche and it's like, I can easily make the argument. The reason why he was so good is because his team was so good. Well, guess what? The Seattle Kraken are improving their roster. You know, they're therefore he should improve as well. Exactly. So I, think you'll, I think you'll appreciate this the most. Cause this was like the most, uh, hashtag cracking shit that I thought was just hilarious because this is where they're definitely talking um, a little bit of shit, but it's also like, this is what like a Seattle fan would say. And it's another quote from the article. And it says, on paper, they, and they're referring to Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand, they said, on paper, they look like savvy bets, but I'm sure that we'll be back in one year's time confused at how Andre Burakovsky and Oliver Bjorkstrand only scored 14 goals combined all season. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Athletic. If that, happens, if that happens, then you know what? My stance on, hey, like, they're not going to fire hack immediately. Like, they're going to give him a chance. If those two guys combine for, like, 14 goals and, like, all of a sudden their careers start to go down the shitter – it's going to be really hard to defend hack at that point. I'm just saying, like, I'm just I mean, being that falls on Ronnie that falls on Ronnie hockey. So, yeah, you know, well, that's also that yeah, too. Hack. Yeah. So I, I think, I think we'll be fine. We have, we have a look, the off season is, is the, uh, the, the most potential right now. Right. So, you know, the life is, life is good. I think we'll take any positive news about the Kraken and I'm ready and I'm pumped that the Red Wings kind of the same way. So they got a lot of the same things going, which is fantastic. Yeah, the Red Wings are projected for uh, six additional wins this season, and the Kraken are in second place with 4.1. So if anyone is curious and they want to take a stab, or maybe they're betting and they're using DraftKings, and if you do it, use a promo code THPN. Yeah. You know, look at what the Kraken won last year, and if you want to do a safe bet, just add four games to that, and then there you go. Ride that out all season. Yep, totally. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to – my gut uh, feeling says 40 wins, 40-plus 40 wins, extra wins this year. So, like – Whatever that means. So, I mean, we'll set records. And also, we for the still haven't released the odds for the Calder, but I did not forget. And I'm keeping an eye on that damn thing because I want to put money down. Like, we got to yeah. hedge our bets on that. Oh, yeah. There's sports books here in, in Louisiana. And we can also probably do it through DraftKings, too. So, let's, let's, let's go for it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Other cracking news. Other cracking news. This is something cool to speculate with. And I thought this was pretty neat um, from a Twitter account, Icethetics. Uh, and it's a really cool, I, I, it's a great YouTube video put together. You should totally go check this YouTube video out. We tweeted about it at Kraken pod. Um, again, at ice thetics, I C E T H E T I C S worth, worth a follow. Um, it's the reverse retro 2.0 summer preview. Get all the latest details on the next round of blended throwback jerseys from Adidas. Um, includes new info for the Islanders, lightning jets, sharks, and Kraken. And I watched the video and uh, this this guy who put the video together says he has some sources talking about these different teams. Um, and he kind of speculated that he thinks that they're going to not do a Seattle Metropolitan's jersey because they're saving that for 
something bigger, right? And something more monumental. I don't know what that might be. And mm-hmm. he said he had heard that they are looking at the pro hockey teams that were in Seattle back in like the forties and fifties. And apparently what that was, was a, a team that went through like four or, or four different names over a series of like 10, 20 years. Right. Jesus. So there was the Seattle iron Sounds Men. real stable. Well, in, from <laughs> 1944 to 1952, there was the Seattle Ironmen. Then from 52 to 54, they were the Seattle Bombers. Then from 55 to 58, they were the Seattle Americans. And then from 58 to 74. And I don't know. I, I didn't do any research on this yet. I don't know if that's what kind of league that was. I have no idea. The Seattle Totems, which is pretty cool. So, you know, I think that I looked at the jerseys in this video. They kind of had some cool photos. And the, the Americans jerseys look pretty solid. Like, that was cool. That was um, very uh, like Rangers slash um, like 80s Seattle. I'm sorry, 80s Washington Capitals vibes. You know, like a lot of stars, a lot of like little some stripes. That was pretty neat. I thought that was pretty cool. Now, the Seattle Totems, that could be cool, too, because it could be like an awesome ode to like Native Americans and something to celebrate, especially with diversity, you know, being such a, a big deal for what really should be for everybody on the planet. But, you know, the NHL. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I think that'd be pretty cool to see a third jersey with either the Americans, right, uh, or the Seattle Totems, which would be neat. I like all of them. I think they're great. Can't My, do the bombers. The bombers are not going to happen. That's obviously. I, I like the Americans just because, I mean, don't get me wrong. Again, I like all of them, but to me, like the Americans is like the funniest one in my head because it's like the most American sports team, like name ever, like the Seattle Americans. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> These yep. colors don't run, baby. Don't no, that's right. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to get some, you know, like how do you sell more jerseys? How do you like make like patriotism, America. baby America, right? America. So like you can't do bombers. That's canceled for sure. That's a bad one. Iron Man's not a bad one. I say I this I'm genuine question because I'm an idiot. Like I don't know. Like bombers to me, I'm like those are like like uh like fighter pilots. Is that what bombers right. are? Dude, you can't oh. say you can't say bomb on an airplane. Okay. Well, from a so, bombardier. Bomb 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 bomb. So you can't do that. So like no, I'm just like I'm just thinking like you know we're just in this world of everybody gets really mad. So like if this if they did some of the bombers that just wouldn't unless unless they did the the from super mario brothers the little bomb with the with the face yeah that would you know be I'm, sweet and also that like would be go cool. to like i feel like video game culture in washington state particularly like the greater seattle area mm-hmm. is very alive and well if they did mm-hmm. like something like video game theme along with the seattle like oh my god that thing would fly off the fucking shelves oh dude that'd be cool but i mean there's all licensing and all that sort of stuff yeah, that now would we're be... just daydreaming about things that we want to do <laughs> exactly <laughs> i don't you know i don't know so anyway no, i think it'd be cool those are, those are awesome ideas i i didn't know i i honestly like i haven't had a chance to watch the youtube video so i was relying on you to carry us through that so i it's appreciate cool. it but yeah i'm gonna have to check that out because you know i don't you know obviously we don't know what's what's happening with the with the kraken and what they're gonna do for the retro jerseys and the and the plans they have in the future but if they want to you know surprise us with some stuff then then i am all for it i mean i'm you know the, the seattle kraken jerseys like some of the best if not the top selling jerseys across the whole freaking league so i'm excited to see what they want to do as far as their, their uh, the retro sweaters go well, if you you tell us so, Twitter at Kraken Pod, would you like to see Seattle Ironmen? If and, and this is just again thanks to aesthetics, um, that speculation. This is what we're going to go with. So, Seattle Ironmen throwback retro jersey, Seattle Bombers, Seattle Americans, or Seattle Totems. And I got to Google to see what the pictures of like what those looked like too. So, okay. Ironmen, Bombers, Americans, Totems, 
on Twitter at KrakenPod. Hit us up. Let us know what your choice is. Absolutely. Love it. I don't know what else we have as far as the Kraken and the NHL goes. Like, I, you know, like uh, Nazem Kadri hasn't signed with anybody yet. Has he? I don't Like, I saw Sidney Crosby was trending on Twitter yesterday. I was like, oh, shit. Something cool happened with Sidney Crosby. No, it was like, it's like, like Sidney Day or some bullshit it was like his that. His birthday. It's like, I hate oh, Sidney Jesus. Crosby and now I Grown hate his birthday. Man. Like, yeah. yeah, like, stop it. Like, come on. So, I mean, like, we need some hockey, man. Well, Donato got engaged, you know? So, shout out to Donato. Oh, yeah. He got the one-year 1. 1.2 million. Then he turned around and threw some of that on a rock, and he put it on our finger. Ooh. So, good for him. Uh, Donato got engaged. The Seattle Mariners took a page out of the Seattle uh, Kraken's playbook, and they now have a team dog. That has not helped them out because the Mariners have looked like dog shit lately. We need to get Julio back because it's starting to be kind of brutal. Hope his wrist is okay. I'll say a prayer for you, Julio. The, uh, uh, but yeah, man. Like, I don't know. Again, dog days of summer. There's yeah. not a lot going on. Just I a, did like, see again getting ready, getting ready for hockey. And I am, I'm so I'm Jones in for it, man. I feel like I, I need some of that hockey in my veins. I'm ready. I think the uh, like I'm excited for preseason football this weekend, and we know that sucks. So, um, but I'm pumped. The uh, I did see the Seattle Kraken Twitter account. You know their social media. They put out. Did they retweet a photo of? Looks like Turbo, like Brandon Tanev holding a stingray. Did you see that? I did not see that, but nothing, nothing would surprise me about that because I actually know the photo that you're talking about, and it's gotten some good circulation. Oh, like some some vacation that he was on during the summer. I did not see that the, that the official Seattle Kraken account retweeted. That's fucking hilarious. No, oh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm down with that. But like, I'm going like, oh yeah, that's cool. Like, uh, you know, so like, I'm, I don't want to see any more pictures of Seattle Kraken players holding stingrays. Oh, it is kind of neat. I do like both Kraken players and stingrays are pretty cool but i'm just ready to see some players on ice so let's let's get to that start doing some hockey things already all right so before we go into uh the uh the no dumb questions right no dumb questions yeah um i do want to and before we go into i think the woodstock i think we do woodstock first discuss this and and then we go into the no dumb questions okay Um, i i would like you already mentioned i would like you to stop for a second and think and we're watching this closely and we're ready to place a bet on DraftKings sportsbook they are an official sports betting partner of the nhl and of course this podcast we thank them for sponsoring this podcast and the hockey podcast network you can win big with DraftKings sportsbook new customers bet a dollar on any team to win so baseball whatever's going on right now maybe pickleball i'm not sure you could check that out uh get 150 dollars in free bets if that team wins so you just put that dollar bet down and then you could win 150 dollars in free bets if sportsbook's not available in your state yet you got a shot to light the lamp Everyone plays for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Uh, they're giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus, please. Restrictions do apply. See the show notes for details. So that brings us to this is... Uh, and maybe you watched this. I don't know. On, I think it was HBO two months ago, three months ago, early yes, in the year. Was. There was a Woodstock 99 documentary that came out. Right. And um, Woodstock 99. If you don't know, you know, you have the original Woodstock in 1969. Peace, love, rock and roll. And they acted like, oh, everything was peace and love and just so easy. And blah, blah. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a bunch of and orgies and all the happy shit. There was a bunch of bad shit that happened there. Then you had Woodstock 94, which was a mess because it wasn't organized that great. And they lost a ton of money because people basically broke down the walls and it was muddy. The music was cool. The music was very cool, but it wasn't profitable. So what happened was 
the people who were behind the first Woodstock and 94 wanted to make a bunch of money. Was it was uh, at 94 or 99? 90, no, they want, so 94, they, you know, 1969, beautiful. Everybody so fondly remembers 1969. Yeah, and it was. Baby. It was awesome. It was amazing. But again, there were still problems. That's my, my point here is this. Then in, they, they did it again in 94, right? And they wanted to make money, obviously, but it was a loss. They lost money because it was a mess and people broke in to the, to the event and it was muddy and some people didn't come. So like they basically wrapped up 94 going like, man, that was a, that was a loss. We know we can do this and make money. Let's plan something else. So they started planning Woodstock 99. And that's what these documentaries are about. And what, what the problem is, is they found an old Air Force base in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and this Air Force base is, is huge. Like, I, I don't know how many, it's like a, how many square miles or whatever. And like how many acres. And it's just, just huge. It's literally like cement and buildings and that's it. And they decided to host this huge show there. So these documentaries, what they do basically is they paint this picture of like, it was poor planning by the organizers mm-hmm. um, on this Air Force base, in the middle of summer, sweltering hot, gouging kids for water. You couldn't bring water in, all this sort of stuff. And also, too, it was the pinnacle of like, you know, angry uh, rap metal, rock and roll, Limp Biscuit. And they they turned, they tried to paint it like it's just, it was this horrible fiasco. Now, look. A lot of bad shit happened, right? And and there's there's obviously you know not everybody had peace, love, and whatever experiences, right? Mm-hmm. But I was there at Woodstock '99, and I'm so fucking jealous. By the way, I'm not trying to ruin your flow here. I'm just letting you know that I feel like I share the same sentiment of a lot of people. Where like I really like I was 15 at the time, and I was all into all of that music. Mm-hmm. I was also a very poor kid, and I never in a million years would have gone. Like I just I wish I was there, man, just to just to experience it. Maybe help some people out. Maybe you know try to we, try to turn the vibes around. Well, we could have, you know. So all right, so here's what happened: is like I, you know, grew up in Detroit. I was 20. I was 19 or 20. I don't remember. Um, and I, my buddies and I were like, oh man, we should go to this thing. We could drive. Like you couldn't drive from Washington. Like for us, it was a nine hour drive. So that's totally oh, doable. So, yeah, that's no brainer. So we basically, we got tickets. I don't remember how much tickets were. I think it was like a hundred and something dollars, which was a lot. You know, I worked at Arby's um, and um, we packed into a car and we drove out there. And, you know, the do- here's what pissed me off about the documentary is again, I, there were bad things that happened. I know like there were, I don't know how many, I haven't seen anything about this, but like there was obviously some sexual assaults um, and there was just some stuff that happened that was not good. I think people got hurt. There's lots of stuff that, that, that documented in these documentaries that were nuts. Right. I think people, you know, got sick. I don't, it's just, my experience was this. And what I don't like about these documentaries is that like, all the people they interview, first of all, in the new one that's on Netflix, and we're talking about it now because there's a new series about it on Netflix. Yeah, I really, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I really want to. The HBO so, one I thought was great, but I wasn't there. So I, you know, I watch that and I'm just taking it, you know, for what it is. Here's my thing is much like I think America and the world, um, and, and they obviously, they don't, they just, you make it a documentary, you want people to like, you want to make, crazy stuff you want it to be sensational yes first of all in this netflix one if you've watched you haven't joy but if you've watched this netflix thing 
you the the two dudes they interviewed two dudes they literally picked guys who look like beavis and butthead it's never said it's never said but i looked at these guys i'm like this is this is the this is so lame they picked on purpose beavis and butthead looking motherfuckers to to act like degenerates and be like oh yeah we wanted to go to see a bunch of tits and stuff and like and that's yeah. what it was it, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's two real guys who were there that look like beavis and butthead and that's what they're trying to do and you know, I think that much like back to my point, much like the rest of the world is like you've got 20 percent or less, 15, 10 percent of people doing crazy shit. And the rest, 90 percent, 85 percent are standing around watching it going like, oh, man, look at that. And that's what I think the majority of Woodstock 99 was for people. Right. That was. Yeah. My experience, I never saw anything bad happening to somebody. That was my question. I was going to ask you, did you ever at any point, like, not just that, were your vibes ever like, were you ever had like the radar up where you're like, I don't feel safe or maybe some shit's about to go down at any point while you were there? How did you feel about it? You didn't see anything bad happen at all, which is great. No, I didn't see any like, you know, attack. Obviously, if I did, like we would, you know, it was with like four other guys, we would have like, you know, at least done something like try to do something motherfucker yeah yeah i don't think you know i was a wuss i wouldn't have you know, <laughs> curb stomped somebody but i would have been like hey knock that off or something try you know what i mean yeah. throw tried an rb sandwich at somebody or something thank you no try yeah. try to you know <laughs> at that there and in, in uh at the uh event it would have cost like 20 bucks um so no i think the only time that i was like nervous about it was um the crowds were huge. And when we were at shows, like, you know, it was like, I, th- I don't remember correctly if it was, I don't remember what the lineup is, but like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, you know, we got there, I think on Friday during the day. Mm-hmm. And um, like that night was like corn was the headliner, which oh, they were geez. huge at the time. And that yeah, was yeah, yeah. like, Oh my least, God, man. I, had the, is, I had the CD. No, I love, I still love corn. I, I'll admit it. I, the, all that stuff at Woodstock 99 uh, is in my jam. And I still listen to most of those bands to this day. And there's a couple of bands that were small at the time that I'm still into, still small, like Seven Dust. I'm a huge Seven Dust fan. And um, I'm gonna, I just bought tickets today to go see them in New Orleans um, on October nice. 1st, which is cool. You should come with me if you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. If you I would go. totally be down for that. Yeah. I haven't actually seen a show at the Fillmore here yet. Okay. All right. I did, I did a drag brunch there, and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. Cool. This, you'll have a different experience for this. Yeah. Um, just a little bit. So I think what my, my beef is, is like, yes, where, the, were there people getting naked and walking around with their, you know, dongs out and lady parts out? <laughs> absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Was it everybody? No, I think uh, most people were like me and my buddies who were like 18, 19, 20, maybe yeah. younger, maybe older who are walking around going like, wow, it's hot. I'm paying way too much for water. This, you know, th- there's not a lot of shade. Um, but, you know, we're going to go to that cool Metallica and Raging at the Machine show tonight. So let's go check that out. And, you know, it, it, and we did our best. Also, too, like, I didn't get, you know, I wasn't, I, I was just starting to, like, on my drinking journey. So, like, I wasn't getting hammered. I was, we were drinking beers. We had to sneak beers in. I remember we snuck in Labatt's, you know, so we're drinking that. Um, but I would say this is. We get there on Friday, long ass line to get in, just like you see in the documentary. We met some crazy people. I'll never forget my buddy, Eric, that I went with and some other dudes. He doesn't remember this part, but like we got invited to have beers and this RV and there's a bunch of older dudes and they had like, it was a bro bus and it was like, they had hardcore porn framed on the wall. I'm like, 
it was a little weird. It was a little weird. A, that's such a Woodstock 99 vibe. And also, yeah, that's that's a little fucking weird. That's like the guy that picks up the uh the kids in super bad. He's like, You boys on MySpace? It's like, why would you be why would you be driving around a freaking RV with like hardcore porn plastered to the walls? But the weird part is like I feel like that was kind of part of the culture, right? Like the over sexualization all the time, where it's like a bunch of straight dudes are gonna hang out in this RV. We're going to pound mm-hmm. beer together. Oh, and by the yeah. way, there's like hardcore porn that we've like taped to the walls. Like, for, what the fuck are we doing? It was we got some free beer, so like that was. But it was like they were. <laughs> I would hope so. It wasn't. It wasn't vibes. It wasn't vibes like we were going to, you know, be part of those pictures or anything. It was just like bring out a Polaroid. Like, oh my god, yeah. what is happening here? I think it was just dudes trying to be dude, you know, too too dudely. And anyway, it was, so that was like you know an experience. And then like I just remember like we set up a tent, and I remember waking up every morning just like just feeling gross because like. You know, you couldn't really shower there. They had the showers like we're all busted. People were trashing shit, which, by the way, there was so a you video- do witness that. Yeah, there was. Yeah, stuff was broken. And like the sh- you know, there was community shower and like it was busted. And like, you know, I, I walked through one and like I never took my shorts off. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, it's, you know, so like it was it was a shit show for sure. Um, You know, and it was hot as hell. You know, we were drinking beers. We were seeing shows throughout the day. Saturday was awesome um you know kid rock we're from detroit he was just blowing up and he performed on saturday during the day that was cool and then then we watched shows all day and we didn't have cell phones so like you know our pack got separated a few times like nothing terribly crazy you know happened like i think some of my buddies got into some stuff you know some i don't know extracurriculars yeah some some weed or something i don't know but i just wasn't into that scene at all you know what i mean so like that wasn't me but we had a blast we had so much fun the concerts were amazing i remember raging as machine and metallica was like just i mean i I still can't believe that i saw rage go into metallica which and again i could be wrong if you look at the lineup but like here i'm here to say this is like i don't have any crazy stories there's some things i don't necessarily remember i do remember that i almost hooked up with this one chick she really liked my tie-dyed shirt and i realized later on in life that she probably was on acid and, um, <laughs> and my buddies out, my shirt wasn't even tie-dye <laughs> well what happened that night that was famous was which was ridiculous is the red hot chili peppers closed the show uh, closed the weekend on um sunday night and yes the organizers gave candles out to everybody and we were kind of watching from afar and we saw people starting to kind of like have bonfires in the middle of the concert. And we're like, all right, well, this is kind of, we should probably hit the road. <laughs> we should yeah, probably go back yeah, to the yeah. car. So we did. And then sure enough, like you could see from afar, like there was some smoke and shit. And we're like, oh man, what the hell's going on? And then like somebody, I remember specifically, like they busted into a, um, you know, like a, a, a big rig, 18 wheeler, semi truck trailer. And they found glow sticks and there was like, hundreds of people having glow stick wars in the middle of the night. And it was like, they were throwing it across a wall back and forth. And I'll never forget looking like it was star Wars. Yeah. And we were, but like, that's what we did. Like, and I think most people at Woodstock, they sat, they sat there and they just watched this stuff happen. And they went like, well, man, this I'm having a beer. I'm, I'm literally like almost kind of like um, King of the Hill, like in the, in the, in the back of the, the neighborhood, you're sitting there watching life go by with a beer and you're going like, Oh, that's pretty crazy. You didn't participate necessarily in all the crazy stuff, some crazy stuff. But for the most part, it was like, you know, just everybody hanging out, and that was it. So the only question I have is, did you witness any of, like, the the crazy, like, the sets from any bands that got a lot of attention for, like, setting shit off? Like, I know Corn was a, I know Corn was a big one. Obviously, Limp Biscuit gets talked about a ton because 
they were the ones that, again, this is according to the documentary, but they were asked to like kind of keep it, like keep on the down low because I guess the organizers were worried that the crowd was getting a little too out of control. And then, and then uh, Fred Durst was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm Fred fucking Durst. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna play you know break stuff and it's gonna get fucking crazy." Yeah. And did you witness any of those sets or anything like that, or just yeah, you, you were yeah. a respectable person, right? You're with like a solid group of buddies, like y'all. No, kind we of were there to par- we were there to enjoy you know and rock out. Like I love mosh pits and stuff. You yeah. know, like I, I I would do that. Um, but you know what we did. Is when that when we saw like people like ripping plywood off and riding plywood, we moved back. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we just kind of moved out. And, and I, I, and I'm not saying like everybody could have done that. Like maybe some people were kind of stuck and squished, and maybe like, but like I don't remember too much of. And I asked my buddy to send me some pictures. Um, I don't remember too much of where we were. I swear there was one or two of those shows where I was like, I got to get to the front for Rage Against the Machine. I got to get close to the front. And I do remember. Not, again, not specific shows, but I do remember trying to get closer to the front at some of those bigger shows and going like, uh-uh, nope, I got to go back. I can't, yeah, I can't, just, yeah. it's too much, too much. Yeah, vibes are off, too many people getting, so, getting, a little, getting a little hairy up in here. So I do understand if people were going to this thing and they were just completely ripped and not thinking right, and then they got themselves in trouble, which I'm sure that that's what happened to a lot of people. Did but, you see DMX? Did we see DMX? I, I don't remember if we saw DMX. We saw okay. so much stuff, like... We didn't see, we missed James Brown, you know, like I remember missing cause I went to go see seven dust and they were on a small stage cause they were very new. Um, we, I missed somebody big because I went to go see that, which was worth it. And so maybe it was DMX. I'm not sure. So I don't think I saw DMX, but I got to ask my friends cause there was like five of us, six of us. And we split up quite a bit. So, you know, sometimes we went over here. So I, I don't remember DMX, but I remember the, all the big acts on Friday and Saturday, the corn, the the metallica the raging is the machine all that's, i do remember that specifically being like this is phenomenal this is amazing a side note i've been in this weird headspace lately because i've been going to a lot of uh well a lot of one bar in particular because i've been taking people out like i have friends that keep visiting me in town even though i don't ask anybody to visit me they just show up mm-hmm. and uh i, I keep, whenever i go to the french quarter you, you go to pat o's and pat o'brien's you know, they're famous for they they created the drink, the hurricane, but inside they have a dueling piano bar and you can request songs. I've been in this weird headspace where every time I'm there and I'm drunk, I request them to do Limp Biscuits break stuff. And every single time they tell me we don't know how to play this on the piano, and which I very drunkly reply, I know you can do it. Like, I know you can do it. You're just choosing not to. <laughs> like at some point, I'm going to convince somebody at a dueling piano bar somewhere. To do Limp Biscuits break stuff. I don't know if it's possible. I know how big of a douche that makes me look like. I don't no. know why I am the way that I am. I wish that I didn't want to hear, you know, that song in piano form, but apparently I do. And every time I drink, that's what I want to happen. So it is like a life goal of mine now to like find a person on a piano that's going to do that for me. I, I will not shy away from the fact I just accepted it. And I, I, I did feel that way. Like I don't people think I'm a douche because, but like I, I grew up in that music. I love it. I, I'm a, I feel like I'm a pretty solid dude pretty solid dad pretty good dude but yeah. I, lo- I love my limp biscuit i'll, oh, I'll love all these a million percent i still garbage bands corn great all that yeah. stuff it's like I, this is my jam and i'll 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 i, I woodstock 99 was hot it was sweaty it was overpriced for water it was dirty i felt like I, when i got home i was sunburnt and i feel like i slept for two days um but you know it was awesome it was an awesome great amazing time and I'll never forget it. And whenever I see these documentaries come out, I'm like, 
you know, they just make it sound like it was just everybody was like, you know, getting bashed in the head with guitars by Limp Bizkit and Fred Durst personally. And, you know, uh, had no water to drink and were laying on the ground. Just compl- no, you know, people were still drinking beers and, and having a good time. And, and it's, it's not as drastic as people make it out to be. Yeah, that's hard. Anyway, it's, it's, it's tough. It's very tough for me. It's very hard. Yeah. So no. you watch, so you watch those though, and you're you're probably like, yeah, what the fuck is this? Why should I, I, I probably I shut it's it hard off? To watch it from being from being there and and recognizing that yes, some bad things are happening, but from somebody that was actually there, this is not my experience. So I pre- that's why I wanted to ask yeah. you about what's because like you and I have never had that conversation, and then I was out with actually my friend, and you were tweeting about how you were at Woodstock '99, and I remember looking at my phone and being like, wait, what? Jeff is at fucking Woodstock. Why have we never talked about this? <laughs> I, I need to go in the attic today. Anyway, I'm pretty sure I have a ticket stub upstairs, so I'll go look for it. And I might oh, have yeah. a shirt. I might have the shirt. I think I still have the tie dye shirt. That famous like. tie dye shirt. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll go look for it, which is cool. So anyway, oh, yeah. you know, like anything else, is there's different stories, you know, by different people. Eyewitnesses have different accounts, and I just feel like. I can't watch. I watched one episode of the Netflix version. I was like, this is everything's ominous. Like everything's just like end of the world. This is just terrible. This is a downfall of our generation, my generation. Um, It's, but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Not for me at least. So anyway, there you go. There's my recap of Woodstock 99 (laughs) documentaries. We didn't get Crest, but it's all good, man. We tried. I mean, he's also in the middle of his work day. So, you know, we sent him yep. over the link so he could join us. And uh, he'll, he'll, he'll join us again in the future sometime. We just got to get more of a heads up. I mean, he's a busy man. Now, the only other thing is we needed to get into No Dumb Questions real quick. And uh, with No Dumb Questions, how, how we do this is if you, you know, listen to other hockey podcasts, you know, they might shame you for not knowing everything about hockey. They might look down their hockey noses at you and go they don't know what they're talking about they're new to hockey we don't want them around well guess what we want you around don't be embarrassed if you're new to hockey and you don't know what's going on that's what we are all about here is you know seattle kraken fans a lot of new to hockey if you got a question you ask us there are no dumb questions on this show so what is this week's no dumb question joey all right, so this is again going to be a quick one, and I kind I did it off of you were talking about with the retro jerseys, and then so the question is, what happened to Seattle's original hockey team, the Seattle Metropolitans? And the quick history behind them is they were actually formed back in 1915, and they are part of the Pacific Coast Hockey Association. The Seattle Metropolitans, and this is really cool, and like the Kraken, you know, they've honored them, they hung the banner at Climate Pledge and all that, but the reason why they did is because they were the the first professional uh, hockey team in Seattle, but they were also the first United States based team to ever win the Stanley cup. And they did that in 1917, which is two years after they were founded. The crazy part is the reason why they went away is because in 1924. So at the time they were playing at the Seattle ice arena. So basically seven years after that, they had to replace the uh, Seattle ice arena because the city of Seattle decided to convert their arena into a fucking parking garage <laughs> because they had constructed a, a hotel called the Olympic Hotel across the street. So just imagine, like, imagine present day if the Seattle Kraken win the Stanley Cup, and then in seven years, the city of Seattle or the government or whoever decides to turn Climate Pledge into a parking garage. That is what happened in 1924. That is why the Seattle Metropolitans went away, because they were never able to find um, another location, uh, not only for the ice rink for them to play, but they didn't have the funding for it. And so that is why the, the team, seven years after winning the Stanley, ended up folding, which is really sad, but also just kind of a crazy story. I think that's, I, I kind of like envisioned back in, back in the day being like, 
Oh, we've had cars for 10 years. And now, now what are we going to do with all these cars? What are we going to, how are we going to, where are we going to put them? <laughs> let's get rid of that. Let's get rid of that, that ice hockey game. Let's get rid of that game and let's go put it. We need to find a place. Let's call it a parking garage where we'll put these cars. <laughs> and like they, you know, like Seattle's, you know, 40 cars that were there in the, in the, in yeah, like the horse city. and buggies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yes. Sorry, no horse and buggies here. This is a, this is the first of its kind. It probably was like an elite. You know, like for the rich folk of Seattle, like, you know, to store their amazing Model Ts, right? Because there probably weren't too many places or too many people that had cars at the time. So, yeah, no, like, and it was a great location, too. And I read that they also, like, at one point turned into, like, a, like a like a roller skating rink. And then, obviously, like, the parking garage, like, that actually did happen. I don't know. Just crazy shit. And it ended up not working out. I cannot ever fathom, like, in the city or anywhere, really, like, you know, pick any major sport in in the United States in North America and be like, hey, you're going to win a championship. And then less than a decade later, going to flatten your building and turn it into a parking garage because they're building a hotel. Not even like building a hotel. This will be where the parking garage is for that hotel. That's just, just like fucking bananas. Just like in all sports, money, money rules. Uh, all. I hate money, it. I hate it so much. Rules it all, man. So like, it's probably thirty two dollars back then or some crazy thing. <laughs> well, I don't know if we'll see a Metropolitan Jersey as that uh, retro jersey this year, but uh you know, again, let us know about those choices. If you have an idea of what you want to see in terms of a retro jersey uh, from our talk earlier in the podcast, the Seattle Ironmen, the Seattle Bombers, the Seattle Americans, or the Seattle Totems, hit us up on the Kraken Pod at Kraken Pod. Um, we'd love it if you leave, left a review for us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to this this podcast. We had our meeting, by the way, last week. Joey and I planned some cool stuff. We We're did. working on it right now, so I'm pretty pumped about that. September's going to be rocking as we get back into hockey season. Yep. So we're using August as more depths hockey. So if you have any suggestions for the depths, let us know. Um, and in the meantime, you know, we'll, we'll let you back at uh, sitting there twiddling your thumbs waiting for Seattle Kraken hockey. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you just, yeah, that, that was it. I was just like, you know, I mean, it is what it is. We hit the depths a little bit early, but guess what? Dog days of summer and yeah. most other hockey podcasts, you know what they're doing right now? They're not giving you podcasts. And so, no. you know, sorry if you don't like the free material we give you, motherfuckers. They're working. I love y'all. Or Thank you for listening. They're working or, or hanging out with their family or spending quality time with people they love. We're in the dark quarters. Yeah, look podcasts. at us doing, look at this. doing this for free so we can give you guys stuff. Actually, we're losing money because we're paying money to do things that we want to do for the new season content baby it's all the content hashtag content all right vibes only joey we'll talk to you next week and we still are leaving you though with something called the chirp of the week what's a chirp chirp is trash talk on the ice hockey players they really don't when it comes to like talking on a microphone after the game they're they're a little dry a little lame but on the ice they're hilarious so that's why we we want you to hear these right so have a great week thanks for listening to the kraken pod what lies beneath a seattle kraken podcast here is our chirp of the week it's the fucking national league what do that shit in the minors you were in the minors longer than me you dumb fuck oh fucking do stupid shit don't dye your hair